are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022, and this is Locked On Mariners. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Tiny Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. We also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week on there. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that new episode dropped today and we talk about some of the things that we're going to be talking about on today's episode of locked on mariners we're going to be talking about how the rosters are going to be expanding to 28 players for the month of april and how that impacts the mariners then we'll discuss the team's edition of veteran reliever sergio romo and what they're getting there and finally the m's officially avoided arbitration with Seven players last night, but three big names remain and the gaps between the two sides are a bit unnecessary. So if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So Colby rosters are expanding to 28 players to help teams kind of make up for the lost time in spring training because of the lockout especially this is going to be huge for pitchers and there's going to be no limits on how many pitchers you can have on your roster for the month of april while this is implemented it will revert back to 26 players at i believe an undetermined time at this point but probably sometime after april or sometime in late april so how does this impact the Mariners? Um, I assume they're they're going to be adding quite a few uh, extra pitchers to their to their roster than they initially would have, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think the the date you have to be down to twenty six is actually May second. I, I think that's been determined. Okay. Um. So yeah, just for the first about three weeks. Um. Yeah, with no with the no pitcher restriction, no limit to the number of pitchers. Um. It is going to be a. They are going to add at least two more pitchers uh, to what they were mm-hmm. going to carry anyways, which is thirteen. So it's it's probably going to be fifteen. It might be sixteen. We know the Mariners have traditionally wanted to go with a smaller bench and a bigger bullpen, um, but you kind of start looking around at what the Mariners have right now, and are you going to squeeze, you know, Luis Torrens off the roster to? have Wyatt Mills make it? No, probably not. Um, and I mean, maybe you could do that with Dylan Moore, but there's just not really a reason to do that. Um, maybe this increases Billy Hamilton's chances of making the team. If they decide to just add another pitcher um, or two, uh, that would still mm-hmm. leave one more offensive addition to add, which would make a lot of sense, honestly. Um, so yeah, I, I still expect them to run with at least fifteen pitchers. I wouldn't be shocked if it was sixteen, but that that does seem like overkill. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially if they're not running a six man rotation. Right, you're just you're right. not going to get innings for those guys. Um, the one benefit mm-hmm. I think is, I think it's much more likely that somebody like Mark Gavages makes the team at this point now. Um, yeah. 
just a guy who can give you innings out of the bullpen, particularly because it looks and and sounds like it's going to be Matt Brash as that number five guy. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's probably you know Brash probably isn't going to go more than four innings uh, in April, um, unless you know pitch count wise is is just great. He has a couple quick innings, blah blah blah. So it's probably going to be Mark Avages out of the pen, maybe Sheffield. Although Sheffield still hasn't pitched in the game, I don't think so. Yeah. And we haven't heard anything about him, so that's kind of weird. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that all works out. But yeah, they're going to carry at least two more pitchers. Um, so it's going to be at least 13 and 15. I get 12 and 16 is certainly possible. I just don't see the value in it, quite frankly. So I, I think they're going to add, uh, I think they're going to add two more pitchers. Uh, and that, that's how they're going to do it. It does create, though, a, a conversation here about what the Mariners do at catcher with Terenz, with Raleigh, with Murphy. And like you said, it might, that, that might mean nothing right now. They might carry all three as seem to be the plan before roster expansion uh, became official. But if they do carry 16 guys, I mean, I, I, w- I would think that one of Raleigh or Terenz is not going to make it. And if it's Terenz, you're going to have gone. to try and trade him. But it that that seems like a very unnecessary thing to try and do here. It's just it's I, I just I can't envision that. Right. Because you put yourself in such a difficult spot because he doesn't have the minor league options and you're going to be selling him for pennies on the dollar because every team knows that you can't fit him on your roster. Like you are basically admitting that you cannot fit him on your roster. And so they don't really have to give you anything. Um, you know, obviously a team that feels that they, they, cause I I would assume that if he were to get DFA'd, he's probably getting picked up by the first team on the, uh, on the wire. And that would be what the, the diamondbacks, the diamondbacks or Orioles. Uh, I think it's the diamondbacks. Um, and he's probably not getting past Pittsburgh because I mean, why wouldn't Pittsburgh give him a shot? Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, there might be a team out there that is willing to pay you something because they they know that they're not going to be able to get him. But you're not going to be able to get a lot for Luis Torrens. So you shouldn't do that because Luis Torrens at least gives you quite a bit of value offensively. And he's looked fine behind the plate so far. Yeah. So... I don't know. And and also I'm of the belief that Cal Raleigh still needs to start the year in triple A yes. and work on something. He does I, look I just, uh he does look thinner. Yeah. Uh Raleigh. Although I don't know, man. Have you noticed do players like is the camera angle like zoomed up because players look taller? <laughs> like okay, I've noticed you've noticed that as well. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say this. So <sighs> Kelnick looked really tall on Friday, the yeah. first game. Like he looked really tall, and then yesterday Taylor Trammell looked huge. Yeah, I think the camera angle is like closer, or they're like zooming in. I don't know because guys look lean, like everybody looks taller than I remember yeah. last year. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's like good. everyone hit a growth spurt. Yeah, which <laughs> I mean, come on. But Cal does look, you know, actually like slimmer, um, and the swing looks a little bit better. Uh, I think he's lowered his hands a, a smidge. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I think Cal does belong in triple A to start the year, especially if Terence shows that he's, you know, 
the defensive catcher he was in 2020. And so far from what I've seen, which is not enough of a sample size to draw any fair conclusion, he certainly looks more like that 2020 catcher than he did the the catcher in 2021. Mm-hmm. So if that's if that's what he is, then that's fine. Having him catch twice a week in DH once a yep. week, you're going to be fine with that. And, and they've been giving him quite a bit of work behind yes. the plate as well. I think uh, what was it the Diamondbacks game a couple of days ago or yesterday's game? He got like seven innings. He was, me. yeah, yeah. He was like the only guy that didn't get subbed out after his second at bat. Um, yep. That'd, so that'd, yeah, I, th- I think he went six or seven innings catching. So that would be huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's. I feel like the bench on opening day is is probably probably going to be four four men. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be Dylan Moore, Luis Torrens, Cal Raleigh, and Toro. Unless and then one one of them might be DHing though. Right. right? So one of them probably will be DHing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think probably Torrens. Probably. I, I think mm-hmm. Billy Hamilton could make the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. For the same reason that, you know, we, we've talked about this already, so there's no reason to delve back into it. So I think Billy Hamilton could make the roster. Uh, I wouldn't expect it, but it's, it's, it's definitely possible. And I think, I think sure. that those odds went up a little bit with the roster expansion, but for the most mm-hmm. part, I, I think it's safe to say they're going to carry, they're going to do 13 offensive players and 15 uh, pitchers. I, I feel pretty confident saying that. And I think one of them will be a, a, a long guy, a guy who has experience starting. So that would be Sheffield or Mark Abages. or Mark Abages, um, maybe Sal Romano. By the way. So he's, he's healthy enough to throw in a yeah. game. Yeah. They picked up Sal Romano. Um, yeah. Who's made, I think 40 starts in the big league. So yeah, they're going to bring somebody who can start uh, or somebody who can go multiple innings. And maybe, maybe it's Kirby. Maybe it's Kirby and Brash, and that's the plan. I think that's certainly more likely than it was a few days ago. But I feel like mm-hmm. Brash is going to be the five, and for the most part, he's going to be piggybacked by Mark Avages or or Sheffield. Um, but we'll see because it it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like they're going to add uh, a starting pitcher from outside the organization. So I think that's what it's going to be. So whether they carry. 13, 14, 15, 16, however many pitchers. We know that one of them is going to be Sergio Romo. We're going to be telling you what the Mariners are getting in the veteran World Series champion in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bill Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, that is. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Now, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high in protein, so replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high 
fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many amazing flavors they have to offer. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Mm, Just sounds so good. Now, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. And just a reminder to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us. So this morning, the Mariners made it official. They are or they haven't made it official, actually, uh, but there have been reports that the Mariners have signed uh, veteran reliever, 39-year-old Sergio Romo to a one-year, $2 million major league contract. Not a minor league deal. Uh, kind of surprising at this stage of the game for a reliever like Romo. But uh, yeah, he is going to be making the club on uh, opening day. He is going to be on that roster. And uh, Romo last year, uh, still pretty uh, pretty effective. He generates a lot of weak contact. He's one of the best relievers, best pitchers in baseball in general in generating weak contact. 100th percentile hard hit rate, 98th percentile and average exit velocity. He is mostly a slider guy, also mixes in a sinker and a changeup, but through the slider 55.7% of the time last year. That's been kind of his MO for his whole career. 219 batting average against the slider, uh, 32.2% whiff rate. And uh, that's the thing is he, he misses bats. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't throw with any velocity. The fastball velocity is first percentile. It averaged out at 85.6 miles per hour last year. Uh, but he's seven, he was 70th percentile in chase rate, 73rd percentile in whiff rate. Guy misses bats, and he generates a lot of weak contact, like I said. So what do you think about this ad, Colby? Uh, I think it's solid. There's really, there's really no, nobody should complain, right? It's not an egregious amount of money. It's a player who has uh, playoff experience is generally thought of as a well teammate uh, and is still, again, fairly decent. I wouldn't say he's great, um, but he's pretty good. You know, he, he had a little bit of a rough start there at the beginning of the year, but from May 1st until the end of the year, uh, you know, he ran a three, nine, one ERA a 4.0 FIP um, in 53 innings, 54 strikeouts and 53 innings, only 16 walks. Um, yeah, he's definitely a middle reliever. He's not a high leverage guy. He's not a closer per se, uh, although he does have experience in both of those roles. Um, I think what you're looking for in role here is you're looking for a guy probably similar to how they use JT shark at the beginning of last year. He's kind of the guy that you go to, to get you out of the sixth when you have two on and two outs and he's going to get you one out. And then you're going to go on to your more high leverage arms. Uh, Romo had 16 outings last year where he threw less than an inning. So, Mm. um, yes, Uh, he's also uh, pretty durable. He went back to back days 12 times last year. He pitched on one day's rest 24 times last year. Uh, So he's going to be available. He's going to be solid. 
probably not spectacular, but solid. Um, and he's going to be relatively dependable. He's definitely not a, he, he, he's not a guy who is like the upside of Paul Seawald or Drew Steckenrider or, Right. You know, he's he's not going to get those opportunities in the seventh, eighth or ninth most nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he yeah. is a guy that you need. You need that guy who can kind of come in. The moment's not going to be too big for him in the sixth or in the seventh uh, with guys on base needing to get an out or two. He's going to be able to do that for you uh, more times than not. So it's it's a good addition. And like like we've mentioned already, playoff experience, World Series rings, uh, good teammates, solid veteran presence. And a still a pretty solid uh, middle reliever, all for two million bucks. There's really nothing to dislike about this deal. Yeah, there's a uh, great video uh, interview that he did with Trevor Plouffe mm-hmm. uh, last year, where he breaks down um, striking out Miguel Cabrera to win the uh, World Series in what was it, 2012? Was that when they played the Tigers? They won uh, three so. World Series. Yes, he has. Yeah. In the in the 2010s, obviously, um, but yeah, that that's a he, he his breakdown of that is is fantastic. I s- suggest that if you uh, you want to learn more about Sergio Romo and just kind of his process, it's uh, it's a fun video to watch. Uh, he's a great personality too. Yes. Obviously, back video, when uh, sorry, I thought the video you were referring to was more of a R-rated video. <laughs> well, um, that that's what I was about to get to as <laughs> well here, right? Back when, uh, back last year, when the umpires Substance after checks. every inning were checking pitchers for the sticky substances, um, and it was starting to irritate pitchers, uh, Sergio Roma was certainly one of those pitchers who was irritated by the procedure. Uh, <laughs> he uh, threw his hat glove down, he ripped off his belt, threw it at the feet of the umpire, and then proceeded to pull his pants down. <laughs> uh yeah so that's that's the kind of guy that the mariners are adding and uh, i am absolutely here for it um the mariners continue to add a lot of fun personalities to the team this is something that we talked about on our patreon patreon show show today wow that was a that was a tongue twister right there patreon show patreon show yeah patreon show uh where uh yeah I, I mean this team might have a higher fun differential than it did last year which was by baseball uh references uh stance uh plus 90 i think they're gonna go a bit higher than that this year with with julio rodriguez with eugenio suarez hashtag good vibes only good vibes only don't forget it with sergio romo with uh with all these guys I, 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 they're gonna be a really fun ball club to uh to root for this year i think yeah we'll see <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just uh, there are some not debbie downer personalities but there are some of their big players are not the most sociable people at least publicly um yeah so we'll see and that's but, fine no yeah Go to the ballpark and hit tanks i don't care <laughs> yeah i mean you need those guys in there and and you know uh stepdaddy service is is gonna love on them either way so uh that's yeah, it's, wrong. <laughs> yeah that did i'm sorry um you know scott service is going to i guess you can decide whether or not to cut that um scott service is oh, is I'm going, it in. <laughs> oh boy sorry guys that what I was trying to say is that Scott service is really good at managing multiple uh, personality types in that clubhouse. So um, 
you know, if he was able to do it last year with all the issues that we know existed in that clubhouse, a more harmonious clubhouse should make things easier uh, for, for Scott service. So uh, you need that mix and the Mariners certainly have it. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the fun differential is, but uh, if the over under is 90, ooh, that's going to be tough to beat. I'm taking the over. I think Julio alone allows you to take the over. That's that. true. I mean, Julio is, is worth Plus, like you didn't really lose guys from last year. I mean, you lost Kyle Seeger. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> and Kendall Grayson. Those guys are great personalities. <laughs> uh, I almost got through it. No, they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing yeah. that we should mention here, uh, they did lose a, a uh, all-around good guy. Uh, Casey Sadler, and that's uh, another yes. reason why the Romo uh, addition helps. Uh, kind of, you know, he's not going to uh, come out there and post a sub one ERA, but uh, I think he's going to, like you talked about, JT Chargois was kind of that that cleanup guy in the the sixth seventh inning. You know, when you got a couple runners on, need to get an out. After he was traded to Tampa as part of the uh, D- Diego Castillo deal, uh, Casey Sadler filled that role and was really good at it. So I think with, with Romo, he's a guy that has been in high pressure situations. As we've talked about, he's seen it all. You know, he's 39 years old at this point. You know, you're not going to expect that he's going to come out there and be vintage Sergio Romo, but I think you're going to get someone that can help you survive in those moments. Like Casey Sadler, like JT Sharkwa. I think you can absolutely fill that role. Um, and be good at it. And plus, like, he's, what, the fifth, sixth guy in the bullpen right now? With, at best. You know, yeah, because they still have Seawald, Steckenrider, Castillo, Giles, Munoz, really good Ramirez, Swanson, etc. Yeah. Yeah, Castillo looked great yesterday. By yeah, the way. he did. Uh, Look back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe we're, we're undervaluing I think we are the addition of healthy Diego Castillo in 2022, even not fully healthy. 2021 Diego Castillo was still had some of the most dominant innings you'll ever see out of the bullpen for the Mariners last year. So yeah. And I also feel like we're not giving enough credit to Abraham Toro while we're at it. Yeah. Toro's probably going to be the most game yesterday too. Yeah. Toro's probably going to be the most boring guy to hit 280 in major league baseball this year. (laughs) Like, dude just makes contact, doesn't strike out, puts the ball in play, collects hits. You're just kind of there, and you kind of forget about him. And yet, there he is. That's a really valuable player to have, um, especially if the reports about his glove at third base are, are true. A um, mm-hmm. lot of above averages being thrown out there. Um, and we know he can play a decent second base, and he certainly got better at it last year. So, yeah, don't don't forget about those midseason additions. You're going to have those, those guys for another for three months longer than you did last year. And that should help as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we talked about on, on yesterday's episode. Like I think you should count them along with everything else that they, uh, that the Mariners did this off season. Like this work didn't begin just in November. No. So we're going to be talking about the, uh, the arbitration guys. Uh, the Mariners got seven of them locked down yesterday. Three of them remain. They're, Pretty big names too, and uh, the the way that 
these negotiations have gone, uh, it's not a great look for the Mariners, we'll say. We'll be talking about that in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just don't have the time to research every single amazing thing that's going to make my body feel great, and I'm sure neither do you. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. I take Athletic Greens every morning before breakfast because it gives me the energy I need to listen to Colby speak for 30 or more minutes every single day. I mean, you know. You get it. But in all seriousness, I take Athletic Greens because it gives me all the nutrients I need in one go and it tastes great. It also only costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S., Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So the Mariners avoided arbitration with seven players yesterday, and this has kind of been expedited around the league. There was a lot of arbitration cases either settled or moved to arbitration um, yesterday because they couldn't negotiate during the lockout. So all of this is kind of happening in short order here before opening day. Um, but the, uh, the the Mariners, like I said, they they got seven done. Luis Torrens, J.P. Crawford, a couple of those guys involved there. But three remain undetermined. That is Adam Frazier, Mitch Hanniger, and newcomer Jesse Winker. And Winker's kind of the big one here because he's set his number at $7 million. The Mariners set his number at $5.4 million. So pretty big gap there in the grand scheme of things, but ultimately one that, I mean, look, Jesse Winker, we've said this multiple times, one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He is worth more than $7 million. They should just give him the $7 million. I don't know why this is a point of contention. And it's not a great look for a Mariners team that has been accused of being cheap. Now, I'm not saying that they're being that they're being cheap. And uh, and a thing that we need to acknowledge here is uh, oftentimes these the teams and the players don't know what one another are going to offer in these negotiations. So the Mar it's not that the Mariners heard Jesse Winker go seven million dollars and they responded with five point four. But if they can't come to an agreement here in short time uh, and go to arbitration, the Mariners feel that they want to actually pay $5.4 million for Jesse Winker. They're going to have to explain why they think he's worth less than $7 million. And that's an issue for a guy that you just traded Brandon Williamson and some other stuff for. 
uh, and just brought into your organization and to do it during the season while he's playing baseball games for you. It's not a great situation to be in. Pretty awkward. And you don't want to ruin that relationship. You don't want to hurt the relationship with Mitch Haniger, who's been a great figure in your organization for the last few years. You don't want to hurt a relationship with with Adam Frazier, potentially, even though that he might only be a one-year guy. It's just, yeah, given the uh, the conversation that is centered around the Mariners right now and them spending money, not spending money, et cetera, it just kind of adds fuel to the fire here in terms of the uh, the PR I wouldn't call it a nightmare. I don't think it's a nightmare at all, but there's, yeah, but it's, uh, it's definitely, um, I don't know what, what is a good word to describe it? Colby. Less than ideal. Um, yeah, it's just, again, this is more of an optics thing. Um, the two sides can still work out a deal. Uh, and, you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that even an, an extension might be on the table, although I would say that's highly unlikely. Um, so, yeah, just, it's, just, it's just not great. Uh, it's bad timing because you had the whole – there's kind of that that fan base side of the fan base that thinks the Mariners are cheap. Um, and I, I get where they're coming from, and I don't know. This certainly doesn't help. I don't know if I would say this is proof that they're cheap, but it certainly doesn't help uh, – that that narrative um that they're pushing and like you said that there's so much incentive to just get these things done um because the yeah. last thing you want to do is is you know april 21st before you play the tampa bay rays or whoever you're like hey jesse like we're gonna have your agent in here and tell him all the reasons why you suck <laughs> like that's, that's yeah it's not- like yeah we just we just acquired you for like one of our best prospects and but here's why we don't think you're that great Here's why we think you're worth 30% less than you think you are, which is yeah. fairly significant. Which is also like way less than what he is actually worth. Yes. <laughs> so it's just, like I said, it's just bad PR. And and I understand that. And I, I understand. And I think maybe some of us need the refresher course on this. Jerry DePoto can't make moves because he's worried about PR backlash. That's not a Jerry DePoto problem. That has to be a yeah. John Stanton problem. Um, so Mm -hmm. if John Stanton says we're not doing that because of PR, well, that's Jerry's boss, but Jerry's job is to build a baseball team and, and, you know, and this is his job is to try and get good players on deals that work better for him than they work for other players. Right. Do we know who actually handles the arbitration stuff? Cause I, I, I wouldn't think that that's actually a Jerry or a Justin Hollander thing. Right. I would think that with Jerry being the president of baseball ops, that that falls squarely in his uh, dominion. With that? Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know for sure how that all works. Um, like they I, don't have like payroll guys or something like that, that that would handle that. I mean, they probably do, but again, payroll stuff is, is going to fall on deaf ears this year uh, in particular. So, right. Um, right. No, no, but again, at the end of the day, Jerry is apparently in charge of all things baseball in the Mariners organization. So he's got to wear this one a little bit. And again, Jerry should not be thinking like, what do the fans think if I sign this guy? That is not a good way to run a baseball team. No, no, no. What did, because what if he adopt that when he traded Kendall Graveman last year? You would have missed the playoffs and you wouldn't have Abraham Toro. So nothing would have changed. And, you, and Kendall Graveman would probably still sign with the White Sox. Yes. 
So nothing would have changed except for you wouldn't have Abraham Toro. So yeah, you can't just let, okay, what do the fans think of this deal? What, like, are they going to be upset with me on the blogs or whatever? It doesn't matter. Jerry cannot think like that. But again, this is where it's, it's good to have a, a either, this is where it's good to have an owner who pays attention because the owner can step in and say, Hey Jerry, like we just don't want to take this PR hit, find out what they want, match the number and let's just get this done. Right. And John Stanton, I'm still juries out on me if he's a good owner or not. I don't know. Um, and obviously he's, he's got to build back some trust after how he handled 2020 last winter. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's still going to be a ways away, but this is one of those instances where it's like, you, you need somebody who works on the PR side of things to tell John Stanton and you need John Stanton to care about that type of stuff. Uh, but Jerry should not care it's 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 kind of a, a weird distinction there because jerry's in charge of the players basically acquiring players but he also can't like it, it's kind of like the whole money ball thing where you know the movie where billy bean doesn't travel with the team like no gm does that by the way but they made a big deal about it that oh he doesn't travel with the team because he doesn't want to form personal connection with these players part of that is true you have to be you have to be ready to cut these guys trade them dfa them send them to the minors like you have to be willing to do that. It's just the whole like, oh well, doesn't yep. the GM follow the team around on the road? No, 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 they don't. So, yeah, it's just you have to, you have to be willing to do that. And so sometimes that means you have to make a a bad PR decision for good baseball reasons. And obviously, there's limits to that, um, off the field issues and whatnot, but. Jerry's job is to to focus on making the baseball team better um, and, and keeping the plan on track for not only this year, but next year and the year after and the year after. And it's PR. It's a PR problem that John Stanton uh, needs to be aware of. And it's, it's kind of his problem to solve. Yeah. Cause at the end yeah, of the day, he's the, one, he's the one that controls the money. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's, it's John Stanton's problem to solve. Yeah. So, my recommendation to the organization right now, to John Stanton, to Jerry DePoto, to Justin Hollander, anyone who's involved in this, get it taken care of. Yep. Just get it taken care of. It's $1.6 million difference on Jesse Winker. Uh, do you know the other numbers off off top for Hanniger and, and Frazier? I think it's 1.3 on Hanniger and 1.2 on Frazier. Yeah. So it's a total of a little what? $4 million. Yeah. That's nothing. Let's just let's just get it done here, guys. It's really not a big deal. Let's move on. Let's not hurt any relationships. And uh, yeah, let's just get it together so everyone can just worry about baseball. Yep. The rest of the way. Sounds good um, to me. Yeah. So on that note, that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners for Colby Patnode. I'm Tidey Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. 
So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.